So it was for me to um, conclude on the Titus study. And I thought I'd start by giving us a, <clears throat> a very brief, brief summary before we go into today's section, the bit that's actually on the program, uh, which is just the last few verses of chapter three. So I'll just talk through what's on the screen, really. Um, Titus was a, a convert, um, one of Paul's converts, and he was a Gentile. And we get that from the very first greeting, Titus, my true son, in our common faith. Um, he was a valued traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. Um, probably a contemporary, maybe a little bit older than Timothy. Um, but it's evident that um, Titus had been on a number of Paul's missionary journeys. And here's a quote quotation from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, which references him. Paul says to the Corinthians, God who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort you had given him. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. So you have the sense that one of the roles that Titus did in traveling around the churches was in the absence of Zoom in those days was to um, send greetings, uh, report back on the situation in the various churches and that obviously fueled Paul's letters and fueled his prayer life. So a very valued companion of Paul. Uh, Titus was left by Paul on the island of Crete as a trusted leader and from chapter one verse five we get the reason I left you that that's Titus the reason Paul left Titus in Crete was that you might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town so we have this um, brother who a regular traveling companion Paul couldn't spend very much time on Crete so he he moved on, but left, it, but left the care of the churches, fledgling churches across the island, left that in the capable hands of Titus, who was instructed to appoint elders in every place. That's really the, the person. And then we get the, the purpose of the letter. And I would say that we've learned that it's got threaded through it this idea of celebrating Christianity in the Cretan culture. And the Cretan culture is very anti-Christian, really. It, um, and Paul quotes from this um, ancient Cretan poem in chapter one, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. So internationally, it seems that the people who lived uh, the native people who lived on the island of Crete had uh, propagated for themselves this reputation for being um, not having very good scruples, lazy, evil, liars. So that's really the, the background to the churches of God being planted there. So I think Paul's celebrating with Titus the fact that Christianity is relevant even in this rather anti-Christian culture. 
So he encourages Titus in his mission in various ways, and he instructs Titus um, on the way churches of God must be. And um, across the three chapters, there's focus on church order. <clears throat> so that's elders being appointed with integrity, people who have integrity um, and who were able to lead with integrity. Um, he focused on church doctrine, uh, what is in accord with sound doctrine. Um, is what Paul describes um, what he's taught Titus in chapter two, and then also in church activity. So the churches should be consumed by doing what is good. And these three things are really in contrast to the culture of, of Crete in, in those days. Uh, generally, the leadership of the country didn't have integrity. Um, and they were very kind of irreligious, so no real doctrine. Um, and they were um, not consumed by doing good, uh, rather the contrary. So mm -hmm. that's really where we've got to in, in the purpose of the letter, the background to Titus the person, and the reason why he was on the island of Crete. So we get to our reading today, which is the final remarks as it's entitled in my Bible. So Titus 3, 12 to 15, just three or four verses. Um, and Paul says, as soon as I send uh, Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. So that's the, the closing remarks from Paul in his letter to Titus. And again, just um, a, a kind of walk through those final remarks and what we might draw from them. Uh, the first point is Paul's longing for Titus's company and fellowship. And I would just um, highlight the word love in chapter 15, sorry, in verse 15. He's sending his greetings to those who love us in the faith. And that word love is filio, which is brotherly affection. It's actually, at the moment at least, my favorite word for, for love in the Bible. Um, because it speaks to, to me at least, it speaks about a closeness of relationship between brothers and sisters. And they have this unique Christian-based brotherly and sisterly affection. And that's the word uh, Paul uses to describe the, the plural, note, note the greet those who love us in the faith. So it's how he feels about Titus and those that were um, on Crete. That's the first point about Paul's longing for Titus. He's saying, I'm gonna send uh, Artemis or perhaps Tychicus um, so that uh, you can be relieved and um, 
Titus could come and meet Paul at Nicopolis, which is where he was going to spend the winter. So Paul was anxious to um, meet, have Titus visit him and to enjoy his fellowship. And in order to do that, a second point is he would send one of these two characters um, who would relieve him. Now, Tychicus, we, I think there are seven references to this guy. I, I assume they're all the same person. It, it reads as though they are. They're all in context. They all seem to be the same person. And I just take in one, one of those seven quotations from Colossians 4. And it says, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. This is Paul writing to the Colossian uh, church. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant of the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that you may encourage and that he may encourage your hearts. So this character, Tychicus, seems to be a very reliable brother, a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. What an accolade this guy had. And it's as though he's part of that little support group that Paul felt comfortable to trust with sending him on to the churches. Paul wasn't able to visit himself and they would give a sound report to the church about how Paul was getting on. Um, if there were any messages to be carried or money to be carried, um, then they were trustworthy people. And Tychicus was one of these characters. And I love that um, end phrase, which says that he may encourage your hearts. So you get the sense that he was a, a real faithful brother who was an encourager. So he knew how to communicate and he knew how to um, encourage people who perhaps were feeling somewhat isolated. Um, we don't read anything about um, Artemis apart from this reference in, in Titus. But because Paul is happy to send either one of them, it seems, then we can probably assume that um, Artemis was of a similar caliber to Tychicus. It just makes me think about um, what, what would be said about me, what would be said about you in terms of our engagement with brothers and sisters in the church. You know, what would our integrity be like? What would our reputation be like? It would be wonderful, wouldn't it, if we had that reputation that we were described as a dear brother or sister and a faithful minister, that's a servant, um, a fellow servant of the Lord. Of the Lord. Um, it's an aspiration, I think, for us to be thinking about how our reputation is in the church. We go on to another point. Paul is saying to Titus, um, asking them to provide help for Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos. Now, Apollos is another, um, Titus in a way, another traveler. Uh, we read a, a lot about him. And um, you just have the sense that there is this ministering brother community, as we indeed have today. So brothers whose um, role 
had developed into a full-time role. That's certainly the case for Apollos. Perhaps it was the case for uh, Zenos as well. But Paul was saying to Titus that you need to look after these men um, as you, you see them off. So you got the impression that these were visiting Crete and verse 13, do everything you can to help uh, Zenos and Apollos on their way. So they'd done their stint alongside Titus in Crete and now they were moving on to their next job, whatever that might be. And the people in Crete and the churches in Crete were encouraged to uh, look after them in practical fellowship and make sure they were they'd done everything they could to help. It's a real, I guess, example of where we get our um, process today for supporting ministering brothers in their service. Um, we do it financially uh, and practically. So another principle that we get from reading between the lines here in these few verses, but we see how it's lived out in our circumstances today. And then he has um, an instruction to the, 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 the churches that are described curiously as our people. So the brothers and sisters that Paul and um, more latterly Titus had been teaching, Paul is saying, um, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. It's just a statement about the importance of working for a living. And it, you know, it's perhaps in contrast a little bit to the comments about Apollos and Zenos, not that they weren't working for a living, but um, there were other people in, shall we say, um, civil jobs, if we can put it that way, um, working for a living. And the purpose was that they might provide for themselves, but also um, provide practical help for the ministering brothers. And again, it, for me, it underlines the point that we're not all um, called to be um, traveling companions of the likes of the Apostle Paul or ministering brothers in our day and age, that those left back minding the stuff have an important role to do and we should do it um, as honoring God. So another, again, you read between the lines and you, you see quite a lot of evidence for the kind of things that we uh, do in our own situation today. And then really drawing to the last verse, I just wanted to re-emphasize that filio greeting. Everyone with me sends you greetings, greet those who love us in the faith. And I can imagine because of the relationship that Titus had with Paul, he would be able to fill in his Cretan friends on the background as to um, the kind of situation Paul would find himself in. And there would be this relationship developed, perhaps even with people who'd never met Paul. And it's all captured with this wonderful Christian brotherly affection. And I guess the, the question for, for me is how, how is my love and, and, and your love and our love for each other, how is it characterized? Do we have that brotherly and sisterly affection that is unique 
to um, Christians, I believe unique to Christians in the sense that, you know, we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't being drawn together through our belief in the Lord Jesus and our calling to serve together in churches of God. And the challenge goes out, how uh, is our relationship characterized? Would we say that we have that brotherly affection? And we can't overlook that wonderful final um, closing greeting, which is grace be with you all. It's very rare that Paul closes a letter without mentioning grace or peace. And I just think it's uh, a reminder of the thing that, that we are bound together through. It's the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in other places, the greeting is accompanied by peace. And it's the peace, a reminder of the peace that comes with that. One of the things I've enjoyed in our, this is the last slide, but one of the things I've enjoyed in our studies together, particularly as we've gone through book studies together, is whether there is a key verse in the book that really um, perhaps could be used as the core verse that really describes what the point of the book is. And we had that in John, we had it in Romans, and I was, I, I read Titus in one sitting this morning and was looking out for a verse that might summarize it. And I, I kind of came across chapter two, verses seven. It's actually verses seven and eight and verse 15. It says, in everything, set them an example. So this is Titus to set the other Christians, members of the church, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. For me, that's the punchline. That was the burden of Paul's heart for his fellow worker Titus who he'd left in Crete to help develop the fledgling churches there. And I think in a nutshell, it's a, a wonderful aspiration that Paul had uh, for a relatively young man. So there concludes our study of Titus.